Welcome back to the Etcetera's Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Eddie Gonzalez. And today I have a special guest host, the first person to come back. So you have that distinction. My guy, Kyrie Irving. Yes, Kai, sir. how you living, man? I'm great, man. Great. Taking it one day at a time. Blessed. So we come in. This is two days since the unceremonious into your season. Yeah. Um, how soon are you back in the gym? Like, you was hooping this morning or... <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. I had to decompress, reflect, yeah. and it's only been forty eight hours, right? right? But so, there's about so much you could do in that amount of time. Um, but I've just been at home with my family, you know, really just dedicating time with them, being intentional with all that, and uh, just catching up on, on things that I probably missed out on throughout the season. So I heard. <laughs> I just need you to confirm this rumor. I heard you play one on three as part of your training, and just. Who like just get out there? <laughs> that is true. Why like why? I can confirm that. <laughs> what, what are you doing that for? Like just trying to work on so many different situations that can come across the game. You, you know, know how mad I'd be if I was one of the three <laughs> and, you and I scored. Me? Yeah, I got yeah, your that's left the, hand. That's the he got your right. We got that's, like, that's the point. That's the point, man. But I, honestly, it's just having a creative way to look at the game. Yeah. You know, just somebody's on my left, somebody's on my right. It's not always going to be like that, but. Um, you know, when you have somebody contesting you and, and bumping you a little bit more, it helps. So uh, just try to be creative in my workouts. Like decent bodies too. This isn't like me and my two boys. These are like yeah. you know decent. Yeah, these size are players. Folks. These yeah. are players. You know, they're they're not playing at the highest level that I'm at, but they they definitely um are part of my my team uh, when we go into the summertime or when I'm trying to get back in shape. They help me out. Yeah, that that tripped me out. I'm like, yo, but I I, I bet you killed. Doing it either way, which is the worst part about this whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> so this season has been a roller coaster. You've talked a ton about all of this. Um yeah. I, I feel like you've been wild open, you know, as as far as these are controversial things, these things people are worried about. Um mm -hmm. what I wonder as a fan, as somebody closely to the situation, was there ever a point in there where you're like, nah, I'm just gonna just come back. I'm a, like wavered on what you wanted to do yeah I, I think you know I'm glad we we have this space to to talk about it because uh I felt like I, I've been as open as I could be mm -hmm. as well or as I can be and um you know it, it's it's hard to be transparent in, in this space where you know everybody's holding on to every single word yep. that you're gonna say so I, I try to find a healthy balance with you know being authentically me, speaking honestly, but also just being conscientious of other people's feelings mm -hmm. and um, the other people that represent family members of mine. Um, you know, I've, I've said it so many things in, in my life, you know, <laughs> whether it be in public or in private conversations that could be controversial, right? Or they, they can, um, you know, make someone think a, a certain way about me. I, I really don't pay attention to that as much now, um, but I've just been able to learn and grow in this space to to be able to learn like hey i can articulate how i feel about certain issues but some things i got to keep close to my chest because you know not everybody's gonna understand yeah. you know um not everybody understood my stance this year of being unvaccinated or remaining unvaccinated um you know i was asked in in all different types of ways about yeah. how i felt and whether or not i was gonna waver <laughs> did i feel like um you know i was letting the world down or letting nets fans down letting my teammates down and yeah part of that let down feeling definitely seeped in because mm -hmm. Um, you know, it, it completely caught me off guard. I didn't expect to come into the season yeah. 
with all of this being put on my plate. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like an ultimatum given to me. It's either you work and get vaccinated, just like, you know, this ultimatum was given to other people, or you sit at home and, you know, now we get to talk shit about your decision and <laughs> and, and you personally and, you know, make all these judgments and stuff like that. So I had to deal with both ends of the spectrum, right? So I, I sat right in the middle and um, I knew I was doing the right thing for me. Yeah. And I had to stay rooted in that decision. And, and I'm, I'm grateful that I had... Um, a great support system around me that, that helped me get through it because it wasn't easy, man. So when you when the conversations do start about you coming back part time, where where does that come from? Like, did you approach? Did were you approached? Uh, how does that begin? And then it kind of goes from there. Well, I, I was approaching uh, the team, you know, almost every every day or every <laughs> right. week. Like, hey, is there any progress? Yeah, any yeah, status yeah. and uh, you know, trying to get in touch with the mayor's office, trying to get in touch with uh you know our political figures our political leaders to figure out you know how how do we work around this i talked to scientists i talked to health professionals mm-hmm. I, I went down the checklist of hey is there any way that i can work around this you yeah. know and uh, really what i ran into was uh you know it affected so many people brother like mm-hmm. it affected so many people not just in new york city but yeah. across the whole entire world so uh, you know, I was getting general answers back because mm-hmm. they, they they were not trying to make it. Hey, we're just trying to get you to play and, yeah. and give you special, uh, you know, treatment. So I, I had to I had to respect that and I had to honor that and go back and, and talk with um, you know my support system, figure out what was the best way to approach this, and, and um, you know that's what we did. Yeah, I think that's a great point because it kind of got spun into like, yo, this is only Kyrie, but literally like thousands of city municipal workers were fired and there was protests and it was it was affecting a lot more obviously than just you yeah um it is a little tricky that you know all of a sudden the yankees and mets can't play and then all of a sudden there's some progress but that's another debate for another day (laughs) i don't even want to debate it i'm like (laughs) i'm just happy for those that can uh stand firm in what they believe in and still be able to make a living yeah you know when when things uh come up in our society where they impact people, uh, people's decisions based on real life circumstances, you know, like people have kids, people have families. And uh, I just feel like it, it got confusing for a lot of us. Yeah. You know, it got spun, like you said, in so many different ways, but really what I was standing on was, hey, there's a whole community of us, right, that have been labeled mm-hmm. as, <laughs> The unvaccinated, as the conspiracy theorists, whatever you know, we we've been labeled as whatever these names have been brought to our our our, um, our lives, right, and who we are as people. But I was just saying, I am human. Mm-hmm. You're human. You have the right to make your own decision. I respect that, and, and I pray that you respect me in the same way. Um, but when you're playing in an entertainment game or you're playing in, you know, kind of a bigger game than yourself, it, it has rules. So Very particular set of circumstances for you. It was crazy. As we get to it, you then become the only player in the NBA that is dealing with this particular set of circumstances. Um, yeah. You're not the only unvaccinated. You're still not the only unvaccinated player. So even <laughs> though it gets spun that way, yeah. um, you know, it was very – tricky situation obviously for you so when you get back on the court how how long did it take for you to feel back like acclimated or you're just boom right at it 
I, <laughs> you, you probably gonna be like, what? You, you serious? Like you had, I never felt like I was I, bad. I knew you were going to say <laughs> that. I knew what I was going to say. I, I yeah. figured. Yeah, I now never, you dropped 50 and 60 in the same week and you still never felt bad. There, there was, there was nothing to lose. You know, there, it was only, you know, like the journey to enjoy at that point because mm. I was sitting at home and I don't even want to say sitting at home. I was wondering <laughs> at home what my future was going to look like, you know, mm. whether I was going to be traded, whether I was going to be released, whether I was going to get the opportunity to be on another team, um, how I was going to uh, spend this for myself in a positive way, mm. you know? So I kept affirming to myself, things are going to change. You know, I had people around me and, and I'm grateful for them affirming that things were going to change. Um, but I never felt like myself throughout the season because I'm, I'm usually sustaining a level of growth throughout mm -hmm. the year instead of trying to catch up with everybody that's been playing for four or five months. You know, they, they, they've been at it yeah. every day since October or September. You know, I was at it uh, maybe September, October. I was, I was healing from my ankle injury. Yeah. I was still dealing with that. And when we got into training camp um, in San Diego, I was not expecting you know, a mandate to yeah. be brought down in a way that it wasn't going to allow me to play at all. Like, you mm -hmm. know, I had the opportunity to play away game still, but there there was no plan in place. There was no vision of like how it's going to work for our team. And I, and I think that really impacted um, not just me, but a lot of people. So, yeah. you know, just had to sit in, the, sit in that hot seat for a little bit and deal with it, man. Life of a martyr, bro. I don't think you're getting out of the hot seat anytime soon. I think you just, I'm okay with that. You, that's just your seat for now. <laughs> I'm okay the with that. The ankle injury, I'm, I'm happy you mentioned that. So not to dwell on last year, last year, yeah. but how, how close were you to playing at that point? Like you're playing in the next round, you're missing that. That I remember seeing you in the arena um, with the scooter and I'm like, Oh, he's not going to play no time soon. Yeah. How close, how far were you from that? That was by far my most traumatic ankle injury. It was a bad time. Yeah, it was. And and I, and I if you look at the video or the image, the still image of it, my ankle was 90 yeah. degrees on the floor. You touched floor, yeah. And what made it... Uh, what made it the worst one was the height I was coming down yeah. at because I had just shot a floater and, you know... Bro's foot was right there, and I come down on it, and it, it didn't twist right away and come back. It it was on the ground for yeah. t a, a second, you know, and I felt it, and I felt like I broke my ankle. Yeah. So I was scared. I was nervous. And when injuries happen at the height of the you know playoffs or your season or your postseason, man, that's not something you want to deal with. Mm -hmm. So that aspect took into play, you know, had to be taken into play in. I didn't start walking normal probably until like mid-September, end of September. So training camp was like my first time going up and down yeah. and getting back my feel. So I knew it was going to be a process for me to play again, but it would have been accelerated being around the guys and yeah, playing yeah. game speed. You know what I mean? So now when the mandate was dropped, I'm at home with you know my healing ankle, but I'm not getting – NBA basketball anymore, you yeah. know, or NBA run. So I had to be creative and just play the waiting game, bro, and wait until all of this stuff, um, you know, kind of calmed down and, and there was some light at the end of the tunnel. You've dealt with injury at the, I mean, all injuries are at the worst time, but you, you've, you've been hurt in the finals, you know, your, your yeah, knee. Man. Uh, that was another one. It was like, you were pretty banged up then. Did that inform, like, I can't rush back from this, even though it's the playoffs? Is, is, 
obviously it only ended up being another week and there wasn't no decision to make after that, but was that part of the process at the time too? Mm, two different situations, you know, just because I was dealing with a knee injury, you know, my ankle injury, it, it was, it was a little bit more sensitive to me because I, I, I have to, I have to walk, you know yeah. what I mean? My knee is like, I could, you know, tie it together a little bit. It would be creative with, uh, how I, how I get my, my VMO, my quad firing and stuff like that. So I was able to get back into some type of form that I was at during, during the, uh, during those playoffs in 2015. But Gigantic brace on that leg at the time. Oh, I've seen man. some footage recently. and was like, yo, how do you, yeah. <laughs> for the way you play to play with that thing was nuts. But that's the, the mental hurdle that um, a lot of athletes uh, have to face in, you know, high pressure situations where your team it's not necessarily relying on you, but they're depending on you to do everything you can to get back, which I did in, in those 2015 playoffs, but I just wasn't ready. You mm -hmm. know, it, it was, my knee was weak. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't where I, I wanted it to be yeah. standard-wise, but I gave it a chance, right? Yeah. And I ended up with a fractured kneecap, and I was out for seven months. And you look back on those decisions, and you're like, hey, if I would have kept myself out, the, would that have been the right decision? Who knows, right? Yeah, who knows, no regrets yeah. in that. You know, I went after a championship and, and I live with the results. Got a scar that I look at every day. That's just a reminder. But my ankle injury was, it felt different because I, I honestly felt like my ankle was broken. Mm -hmm. You know, it, I, I couldn't do ankle moves as, as much or as much as I wanted to. And, and I couldn't walk around the way I wanted to. So I was already under the impression this is going to take me more than just a, two weeks, yeah. three weeks. yeah. It didn't hit me until we lost that, oh, this is going to take me months. three months. Yeah. I'm going to have to get off my feet completely. And I, I'm a little bit of a wild card, you know, in terms of how, <laughs> I, how I approach. No way. <laughs> I'm a bit of a wild card, how, how I approach my body at times, and, you know, what I feel like I push myself through. And I kept trying to push myself through it. And uh, even in the summertime to get ready for October, and that, that was – like it wasn't going, I wasn't progressing as, as I um, would have liked. So two different situations, but still mental yeah. um, and physical hurdles to get over that I look back on and I, I wouldn't change anything except probably just being a lot more patient with myself. So I want to stick with the, the Cavs run for a second. 2016, you feel like that's the highest level of play you've played? Well, shout out to all my... All my teammates on on that. I should have brought my hat. I had like the hat. I right, brought shout, shout, it. shout out to Cleveland, you know, on on just a historical run. Uh, our fan base was through the roof, you know, in terms of how we collectively galvanized each other. And they gave us energy. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, they yeah. Were traveling on the road. I mean, uh, it was called Quicken Loans at the time before it was Rocket Mortgage. It, the queue was jumping. Yeah. Um, you know, Fred McLeod was doing the game still. Rest in peace to him. And uh, we we just had a good group. Uh, and and that run was special because we had dealt with so much adversity in the regular season, mm -hmm. you know, internal stuff that we had to get right as teammates, mm -hmm. and then going into the playoffs, we were like, man, we we could we could deal with anything, you know. Mm -hmm. We're gonna sweep through a lot of these teams, but um, looking back on it, I think it, it it just was more special because of the way we did it and the circumstances, situation that we were we were faced with, and I had to go deep within myself to bring out yeah. all of these tools that I had learned since, you know, I was learning fundamentals yeah. and just put them on display on the biggest stage. And I, I think 
that was one of the highest levels of play that I played, but it wasn't the highest for me that I look back on. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it, it was it was a short window, so it was like just throw everything out there and hope something lands. So I was just throwing jabs and things were landing against the best. And when you start landing things against the best and <laughs> you find that rhythm, that that's what ended up happening. And also, by the way, I had a lot, a lot of help. Like also confidence that yeah. was being given to me. Like yo, Kai, just don't even worry about how many <laughs> attempts yeah. that you're shooting. Don't worry about where you're shooting. Just be you and and we're going to do this as a collective group but we just need you to be aggressive and and not think about like oh how do i be efficient in these spaces so i had a a lot of help that's why i got to shout out the whole entire cleveland area for that man that game five is one of the most impressive performances as a duo as individually but to throw up 40s like you guys were and against that defense the highlights from that series your highlights are like insane the the spinning jumper over clay the lefty lay and one on dre and you got poked in your eye like these are like iconic plays in basketball but like you they made you work for them joints absolutely and that's why i'm like is that as tough as it's been but you've played in a ton of tough series since then and and, and that's why i said it was one of those uh like high level playing moments for me uh because since then I've been challenged differently. Mm-hmm. You know, before it was it's easy to go in there. Me, me and Clay had a series against each other, but it was one game. You know, we didn't have a full seven yeah, games. Yeah. That was the first time me and him got to go against one another. Then we we followed that up in 2017, going against them with, with Kev there. So uh, that was history that was supposed to be made. You know, like who would ever thought that the 7 3 and 9. Golden State Warriors be going against us again, and we would have a trilogy with that series, mm. uh, with me being there. And I, I had to really appreciate everybody that was on the floor at that time because it's never, it's not ever going to be done like that again. Yeah. You know, all the ages, all, all of where I, I was 23, 24. So there, there wasn't much that I was like envisioning that my future looked like at that time in terms of career achievements of winning a championship at that time. I was just like, man, if we make it there, I just got ball out. Yeah. So now it's like, I'm part of the ground building stage of we put our team together, we put our organization together, we put our teammates in the right positions in terms of roles. And I'm now much more responsible for more. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I've taken on that responsibility of more. So. Yeah, the Cleveland days, man, they were really special as we reflect, but huge, huge uh, learning experience, too, that I, that I took from them. I know you've talked about leadership and, and since that time and how that fed into that. Obviously, your years in Boston as well. Mm-hmm. So you're 30 now. Yep. Um, do you feel like you're in your prime? Like, do you, do you view your career in that, in that sense? I'll say it again. I feel like I'm slowly crawling into it just as uh, my talent becomes much more of a canvas for me to work with in the summertime and in the season. You know, finding motivation is playing different styles and figuring out what works for you. But I think at this point in my prime, as I crawl into it, it's consistently being at a level of of, um, (sighs) – say enjoyable assassin time right (laughs) (laughs) like just being an assassin consistently for the next 
yeah. four years, five years. I won't even put a time, you know, expiration on it. It's just like being consistently great where it's not so much about the numbers and the achievements and accolades. It's like I'm on the best team and I'm one of the best players on the best team and we've done it as a dynasty because we we literally went through this over here in order to accomplish this. Mm. You know, I, I wouldn't be able to say I'm crawling into my prime without the experiences of Cleveland and then going to Boston and then signing up for Brooklyn and then now being in this situation now where we're two days out and we got swept. Yeah. And it's my first time in my career I've been swept. Mm. And now I have so much time on my hands to think about it and plan and envision so yeah let's just say me turning 30 this year it was like i can feel you like the energy of you just like i'm red like that video i talked about last time you're just like oh let's go yeah um yeah so what does Kyrie add to his game i have my running joke is you've mastered the game you have there's no offensive tool you don't have mm -hmm. uh, i told kevin this he kind of agreed He's like, I got to see him hit a hook shot. I'm like, I bet he can hit a hook shot. Like, I bet he. <laughs> but, like, our joke is, like, you can go right, you can go left, you can shoot with your left hand. You obviously yeah. incredible finishing. You can sh shoot from any range. We even see you dunking a little bit last year, not as much this year. Hey, you might That's what I'm saying. I, I never felt like. Raises, bro. like <laughs> I just never felt like I got back this year, you what know? Is there, but, what is there yeah. to add to that palette? See, and that's, that's probably why this year for me was – it, it, the level of disappointment that I feel is is not the level of disappointment I'm, I'm pretty sure that people had when they chose us to be contenders. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It's just like I have a different level of expectation for myself. So when I'm working on my game and, and I'm being creative with how I'm approaching it, meaning, you know, what am I trying to accomplish today instead of just make a bunch of shots, you know, like – and even in the games, you know, what am I trying to accomplish today where it, it, does, it supersedes just going out there and get a bunch of points and assist and, and recreate moments for people at home? You know, like, <laughs> let's be honest, you know, people really want those recreated moments. Like, no, be the same player that you were game five and yeah. be the same player you were, you know, when you had 14 straight games of 30 plus points or 25 plus points. And, you know, and I don't. I don't want to throw things that I haven't done, but I think Kevin deals with this, too. Exactly it, it, it's just after a while, you there there's a there's an easy expectation people throw on you to be at that level all the time mm. and that's not part of my motivation my motivation now is hey all right yeah it'd be great to add a hook shot but you know <laughs> it's there like yeah, no, no it's, it's there, there. it's there but now i just want to put a complete game together yeah. you know or a complete strategy together and and work on things situational wise so when we get into our postseason which is the season that really matters you know, once you're out of the carrot race, it now you're into the physical and, and the 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 dominant. Um, I, I like to say, like, you you go deep into your will when you're in the playoffs because now you're you're challenged beyond mm. what any of the refs can control and any of what the other defensive uh, coaches on the other team can control. You know what I mean? There, it's it's like you throw everything out of the window and it's just hoop and it's. Who who can I dominate and how much will do I have in me to consistently do it to win four straight games? Mm -hmm. So adding to my game now is is really adding to my own personal resume of being successfully dominant as a team and being one of the best players on that team. So 
if that means getting a few more assists, if that means taking a few less shots and being efficient with those shots, if it means taking more shots and being more efficient with that, if it means switching up my role, going from the one to the two or the two to the one or or, or being um, flexible for my coach to throw me in there to guard bigs at times, you know, even though it's uncomfortable for me, I just really want to be complete. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the goals that me and my dad set out when I was a kid was just having a complete game. You know, I've been knocked for so many weaknesses that I have. But then, you know, somehow I end up in this category of being one of the most skilled of all time. And being one of the most skilled is, is it's, it's a complete game that I want to be great at. You know, mm-hmm. so if I'm not consistently doing that, I, I love that criticism and I and I welcome that. But right now it's just focused on a personal resume of, I like to put together four straight years of just team dominance, winning 60 plus games, you know, going deep in the playoffs and and having fun building relationships that don't just extend on the court. You know what I mean? It's a trust off the court that Mm -hmm. helps us win games and helps us win championships Um, because I feel like I missed out on that. Just consuming the game and trying to answer every question that yeah. everybody has for me of, of who can I be and what what's the maximum potential that he can achieve it's like and I don't want to overspeak here but last year when I started like dunking a little bit more <laughs> I, I, I'm, I had worked on my body to to be able to do those things and, and I and I saw results yeah. so when I had the type of season I, had, I wasn't surprised you know what I mean yeah. when 50 40 90 and averaging 25 plus per game I'm, I'm grateful for that but I also am even more appreciative of the work that I put in before I got that there that. that's that's the threshold I'm talking about is like you put together a great summer you put together a great you know first three months of the season four months of the season and then you're ready to accelerate and play off instincts even more where who knows what can come out of the the tool bag, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I don't worked on one foot jumpers. I don't worked on hook shots. I don't worked on dunking. I don't worked on, you know, beating the other team up and down the floor with my conditioning. I don't worked on all these things. So now I'm just playing off instincts and now I could just play the game. But comparative to like this year, I had to catch up and playing catch up in a league that's only getting better. It's not the position that we like to be in. So, so you worked on the one. So you'll pull the one footer out the out the bag, and it won't be just Kevin out there and Jokic doing that. No. Okay. No. I'm trying to make sure because Kevin, you know, his his bag is deep as well. Uh, but we have a little yeah. debate about you know uh, what about, about who who's bag. So this most skill combo. <laughs> you wear that hat. You're 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 good. I love that. Like. Like people online are like, no, 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 and then like Braun and D Wade come out and go, yeah, th- those are those guys. They're really like that. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? No, I'm, I'm I'm grateful for our peer respect, but I'm I'm trying to fall in 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 a stratosphere that that hasn't been done before, you know. And no label or title can ever justify that for me. Yeah. You know, I'm grateful for all the recognition and all the respect I've garnered. Um, and, and part of me wants to live up to that. But then uh, another part of me is like my, my own personal resume. What makes me happy is playing this way, mm-hmm. being on great teams, being able to dominate our matchups individually, but doing it in a way where it, it doesn't just look easy, but it looks like, damn, you got to put in a whole lot of work <laughs> yeah. in order to make it seem like you do it like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's where I feel like people kind of take advantage of what they see you know, from greatness. And it's not just in basketball. It could be in, in different sects of the world, in different industries. But, like, when people make it look easy, it's like, I think somehow 
it doesn't register like it took a shit ton of time yeah. to be able to do it that way i think a lot of you guys suffer from that i think bron does i think you do i think kobe did as well mm -hmm. i think kevin does as well like it does look easy but it took a lot of shit to make this shit look easy i always love your game i was just talking about it with some guys too like you play the game i've told you this before in our heads if like if we all could hoop how we want it we play like you <laughs> But you do it in the NBA against like, against Jason Tatum in, in Boston. Like you do it like you know. Yeah. So I, I love that and I love that debate, but I think I mean, you're up there for me as well. I like I don't even know who else I feel like Mike doesn't get enough talk in these convos. He's obviously incredibly skilled. I think there's a little yeah. bit of Yo, there's probably some role player types who are like incredibly skilled. They have to be to even be in the league. For sure. But I think what you do, it's just it's it's a beautiful game. Like every no, true like you. hoopers appreciate that. Thank you. So and Uncle Drew is me. You know, I am Uncle Drew. So a lot of the embodiment of that spirit of what I was relaying from Uncle Drew of just practicing the fundamentals and you know, you don't get old because you stop playing. You just, you know, you stop playing because you get old or however that my axiom goes with Uncle Drew because you can flip it either which way. It, it's just, it's about the love. And when I'm out there and I'm playing, I, I attribute my curiosity to learning more about what I do to other great people in the world, you know, and, and them finding a meditative, calming state when they're doing something that they're passionate about. And we have so many interruptions and distractions that go on. So, you know, there's always someone that's trying to throw you off that that balance, you know, and that grounding space that you're in. So when you're when you're working on your craft and no one's there, that, that's probably one of the most peaceful places for mm -hmm. me. Um, but also being in the zone while you're performing in front of people is also a meditative, peaceful state. But I, I don't want to carry everyone else's stuff outside of the game onto my normal life which which ends up happening and, mm -hmm. and and i think people forget like we we're connecting through the energy that is being performed in front of you don't forget that don't take that for granted you know what i mean because i don't take it for granted so if you're going to take my talent for granted and then try to throw stuff on me it just doesn't, it doesn't really make sense so um i think i'm appreciative that i've been able to appeal to uh the the I don't want to say average human being, but I, I know that I can blend in. I can blend in a lot easier than Bron. I think people would be shocked Katie. to see you in person. How not small, but yeah. normally sized the person you you are. Yeah, in a, in a in an average height uh, industry of six seven, you know, being tall, being uh, being athletic. Me and my dad started in the backyard, you know, putting the rim together first, and he was teaching me how to put something together first before I just came outside and started hooping on the basket. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he was really teaching me about the details of understanding the fundamentals, like as I revert back to Uncle Drew, but really enjoying it, you know, like really, really enjoying it. And it, and it doesn't mean that somebody's like putting a carrot in front of you or somebody's whipping you to do it. It's just, I did it myself. And I finally looked my dad in the eyes when I was 17, 18 years old and he couldn't believe it. And you could ask him like once you, you meet with him or you uh, catch up with him. But he didn't think that I was outside as often as you were. He thought I was in the house playing, you know, video games yeah. or on the computer or on AIM back in the day <laughs> or, you know, trying to get my Facebook followers up and shit, my MySpace <laughs> popping, trying to choose my top eight. 
Um, but I was outside, man. So I sacrificed a lot of relationships, um, just chasing greatness, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it was already thrust upon me, but I had to chase it to really learn how to express it in a way that it, it could look beautiful for people um, to appreciate. So I'm grateful for that. So I want to ask you a question that JJ, your Duke brethren, asked Kevin. Yeah, man. I think it's a great question. And no I dinosaur questions with JJ ever again. <laughs> and or, or conspiracy <laughs> talk with JJ. He set me up he got on you. that damn podcast, man. Yeah, go ahead. Um, he asked Kevin if he felt like he mastered basketball. And I thought it was a fascinating question for you because I say that all the time on Twitter. I feel like I feel like Kai has mastered basketball and gets bored. <laughs> It's just like, it's just a, it's the same as me saying, yo, he might just retire, disappear with every Sakari again. But I do feel like they're, you're pretty close. Like you have all of the skills. We still got to see the sky hook, but do you feel like you've mastered basketball? Uh, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I represent the mastery of basketball. So uh, because I represent that, I'm always going to be a student. So, you know, you can call me a master, but I, I myself would probably just call myself a teacher of the game at this point. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I put in enough hours to call myself a master, but I choose not to because I, I just re like remaining a student. You know, I, I like making mistakes. I, I like uh, figuring out new things and new ways to motivate myself. Um, I like finding new skills that I'm, I, I think other people see me as great at, but I, I don't feel that way mm -hmm. you know like sometimes when I go left on my pull-ups I'm still trying to get my right foot to be pointed to the rim a certain type <laughs> of way and, and that's how intricate my mind works yeah. you know that's how my process uh, how I process information is totally different and I've had to understand that sometimes I'm speaking a different language when I'm explaining these things to people you know I, I try to bring them up to speed I'm like you know let me sit with you and, and, and try to explain to you like how I'm looking at this thing but it's um that that's where I feel like I'm at in in the long list of masters who have come before me right is still being a student and still learning how to teach in a way where I'm teaching myself and it's therapy and I'm able to to act on it but I, I get more enjoyment and purpose from seeing others do it mm -hmm. you know me being able to see them grow from six months to 12 months to a year to two months of them being curious them being students and then oh I, I think I got what you're saying now, you know, that, that it's a different feeling for me now. So I, I would say, no, I don't feel like I've mastered yet. Do I feel like I am a master? Yes. But I would like to talk about that more as I retire from this and I can just freely express, you know. Do you feel like you'll stick around, coach, be involved in the game in that way? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I feel it's, like you're one of those guys that could never not have basketball. Right? Mm. I definitely cannot have basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely cannot you have basketball. I, yes, I have chugged basketball enough in red solo cups, metaphorically. You know what I mean? Like I've <laughs> I've done enough. I've taken enough shots at the basketball bar. I've been around enough basketball people, basketball heads, basketball maniacs. I've been around enough basketball fandom, basketball religion. I've consumed enough of it to this point to know, like, I if I overconsume it. I go home drunk with emotions that aren't really mine, you know, and I start taking on people's perceptions about what they see that it, it just, it's not an original thought, you know what I mean? And yeah. that stuff starts to seep into your deck, your regular, I was about to say regular degular, but when it starts seeping into your, the normalcy of your life, that's when like I've seen it, you know, like, 
disease people to the point where they can't really shake whether or not they're living out their basketball fantasy lifestyle or, you know, with people yelling their name 24 seven and them living up to other people's expectations or what's really driving them to, to stay in this thing. Like, yeah. you know, what's, what's driving me is I, I have my daughter and my son. I have, you know, my, my, um, my development team, you know, that I have, like, which is a small group of, of locals, but it's also extended out to Instagram and social media where uh, I bring in a bunch of kids and I'm just dropping gems, dropping gems. And it's not about being physically dominating. It's, it's literally about the mental aspect and the spiritual aspect and keeping the game sacred, mm -hmm. you know, not allowing other people to dictate um, how they feel about it. So, so all right. So off the court, Kyrie does have a life. I, I love that. If you, didn't get that. if you didn't get that from my basketball drunkenness. You're incredibly <laughs> private, which I really appreciate and respect. Um, but, like, yeah, what is your day-to-day -day like when you're not at the gym being the, a master, as uh, you said? Yeah. Like, are you you're binge-watching these shows? Like, obviously, you're raising two, two young children. You're doing that. Yeah. But, like, what are you listening so, to these days? Like, So I'll, I'll tell you this. Let me just drop a statistic on you first. Okay. It's out of our billion uh, human being world, right? 0.03% uh, of people make it to the NBA. That statistic alone, if you quantify that between, you know, people playing college basketball, people playing high school basketball, there's, there's not a, like a guideline to when you make it and what your life is is like so mm -hmm. the normalcy of the of of the things i speak about the subjects i speak about you know i i like to try my best to make it relatable mm -hmm. you know what i mean but i have a question for you do you wake up and have an agent a manager corporations you know <laughs> that you represent that are depending on your performance that you know do you have a family dynamic where you're the only person walking in those shoes. You know, no one else can, they can give you advice and, and support. I'm grateful for it. But can they ever truly understand the shoes that you're walking in? You have an incredibly unique experience for sure. So, I, I talk with, so mm -hmm. I'll say during the series, talking with Kevin a lot. And that was kind of one of my things is like, yo, we were, I don't remember what we were doing. We might've been going to the game and it was just so much convo about him that I'm noticing and I know he's noticing and it was just surreal just how constant that is. And I go, this has to feel crazy, right? <laughs> but he's so used to it. He's, he's obviously a pro. He's been doing this for yeah. 15 years, yeah. but there are times like when we talk and as close as we are, it's like, I got advice, but I'm not doing the stuff you're doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I got ideas. Yeah. But you know better than me. Yeah. So, so to answer your question, nah, some of that, <laughs> some of that responsibility, but no. That's honest. That's honest. I don't know how many people are going to be honest with that. They're going to be like, try their best to understand it and, and you know what I mean? Like, make you, you sense of it. You had me first. I'm like, agent, oh, okay. Corporation, uh, family, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, all right, yeah. Yeah. But no, an incredibly unique experience you're mm -hmm. living, for sure. And, and then also the, the catering that goes on around you is... is it, or it's gone on around me of you now you have a strength and conditioning coach, you have a chef, you, you have 
daily scheduled activities. You you have to go play basketball. You either have a game, you're in different hotels, you're on the road, you're missing valuable, delicate time, intentional time with family and friends yeah. that nine months can be at a snap of a finger. And the reason why I ask you those things and I bring up these things is because I've, I've tried my best to normalize my life in a society where I am the zero yeah. point zero three percent, so it, it's it's difficult. But I do my best, so yeah. I'm doing my best. That's all I can do when I wake up is my best. Of all right, I'm gonna wake up and pray and meditate and give myself fifteen to you know fifteen minutes to an hour just with myself because as soon as I step out of this, I have, I have responsibilities to not only myself but to. I can go down the list of how many people I feel like I am responsible in their, you know, a part of a part of my responsibility in my life is impacting their lives. Yeah. And, you know, part of my purpose here too, and, and that's the most important thing for me, but part of my purpose is, is driving this change, driving this new paradigm shift of consciousness that's going on in communities that have been oppressed for long periods of time. You know what I mean? That have been either, uh, in traumatic experiences or they have historical complexities based on race, culture, class. I fall into that category in real life. Mm -hmm. Like my family has dealt with ancestral trauma for centuries. So I am driven and purposefully driven to change that in my family because there are psychological effects that take precedent that are still going on. They're still dealing with things because of what they're seeing out in the world and it's not changing. So yes, I love the life and being part of the 0.03%, but I'm, I can never escape reality. So when I go home, this is what I'm in. I'm in reality. I base myself in reality. And to do that takes help, takes mm -hmm. servitude. It, it takes stewardship. It, it takes faith. It, it takes a, a lot of these, these words that get thrown around as cliches, but for me, they have to have meaning. Otherwise, man, I'd be out here trying to live in, in an image of myself that, you know, to be honest with you, I, I, I tried to, to do that yeah. at 22, 23, 24 and be something that everyone liked or, you know, I was the most popular. Or I, I got more money or I got this. But now at 30, you know, for the last like four years, I've been through this transition, this this uh, ascension, as we'll call this enlightenment period. Right. I'm not smarter than anybody else, but I've humbled myself to know like, hey. I can't follow the same things that um, th th that came before me that don't help the community that I'm part of. You know, I I marvel at that with Kevin as close as I am to him and other people I've worked with before and just celebrity in general. Um, yeah, I don't I don't even like that word. You know what I mean? I don't even like celebrity. I don't even like famous or fame or you know you're you're like you're you're the example for your race for your culture like you can't throw that on one person you know now and i read this um um in a book this is like one person cannot change the condition of mm -hmm. all their people it's not it's not my responsibility it's not one other person's responsibility to pick up uh you know kind of where the ancestors left off you know like they they definitely knew that there was something was up and we could go into detail another one. they knew something was up in this world and the way that you know people are treated based on race culture class the word you keep using is the word i 
stick on is responsibility mm-hmm. and like almost every person you interact with there is this responsibility to like they're expecting something out of you whether it is to be that character they believe in or whether it is there something like this this is something that i've asked you to do mm-hmm. and it's like you did feel like yo i want to i want to do that for you you mm-hmm. know what i mean it it just feels like a ton of pressure to just constantly every person even even the people you love and you want to do these things for to just constantly juggle those things cuz it's it's basically every single person you come across i watched you take pictures of people and it's like there's this idea of Kyrie's this great guy and takes a picture for me. And then there's that weight on you like, yo, I can't be that <laughs> asshole that goes, no, sorry, little guys. I'm yeah. not taking no pictures with you. And yeah. it's, I marvel at it because it is, it's a ton of weight to carry. It, it is. And that's, that's, the, that's the part of it that I, I've, I've stopped trying to make sense of it because I didn't create it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I, I've just been conditioned since i was 16 15 years old that this is the life that you're entering and these are the 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 rules that we're going to give you before you enter but as soon as you get in here i hope you know there's going to be a lot more responsibility 16 years old you know the kid at the uh jewish community center or the newark community center or outside and they you know you you just scored 30 points oh you're the top five player in new jersey you better get used to it. People are going to ask you for pictures all the time. Mm-hmm. So they're like getting you ready for the life. And who is they, right? People are like, who are they? But it's just like, <laughs> we know who they is if you really know. It's just like those who created the kind of like the what we're talking about discussing right now, it's are you on all the time? Are you Are you accessible for the world all the time? And... I think some people in our world would prefer that you're on all the time. And, it, and that's like, it's inhumane to expect that out of somebody. Mm-hmm. So even if we compare it to on and off the court, my, my life off the court is, is enjoyable because I've had to fight for it. I've had to fight for my privacy. I've had to fight to earn trust from others and accept when I know that I'm not necessarily growing as a person while I'm trying to grow as a basketball player, you know, mm-hmm. it, that, that that can be a, a delicate balance that one has to figure out. But, um, you know, my life off the court, bro, is like really about making conspiracy theories facts. <laughs> <laughs> as I look into the camera. No, but honestly, honestly, that was a joke. OK, it was a joke. All they're right. Gonna, we can use not comedy. Right? This we part can use comedy. Them. We can use satire. All right. That was a joke. Because you know how many people, but they're not posting that part. No, they're no, no. It's fine. What it's you fine. Said. I'm just saying. Cool. It's cool. But my thing that I've I've uh used to approach life is like this humility and this hunger. I've had it since I was, you know, 15, 14 years old. Me and my dad really came up with this. So it just simplifies things. Like the humility to understand when you don't know things, to ask for help, to ask for guidance, to go to people when you need them, you know, and be there for people, like really humbling yourself as a servant for our world and then the hunger is just you know the hunger to fight for what's right to stand on what you believe in mm-hmm. you know you got to be hungry to do that that takes courage that takes bravery you know that, that takes really understanding who you are and for all the youth out there that are watching this it you have to be a lot more patient with yourself like hungry for patience you know you never probably heard that before but it's just like really going out and finding yourself in uncomfortable places but also knowing like those uncomfortable places don't have to be for you all the time Mm -hmm. you can go be 
in comfortable spaces and still grow and do things with people that you love and enjoy time with. I'm in the public eye where I have to go into the den of whoever you want to call. But I, you know, my response to them is like I was bred in a in a wolf den, you know, so I already know what it's like to be hungry for food. I already know what it's like to to really put on for your family and want to get them out of the situation that they're in. You know, I'm no one else has walked in my shoes in my family. No one. No one has made it to this type of level in, in society. You know, no one has made it to the point where they can understand everything I'm saying all the time. You know what I mean? Even though I'm, I don't expect to be understood, but like, it's just the reality, bro. So this convo helps me understand how you and Kay are so close. Because I, I, I'm, I'm assuming, and you can tell me I'm wrong, but I'm assuming that there's a certain kinship and understanding that only a few of you guys can understand. I've talked with Kevin about this before, like the weight of being the best player. You know, I don't expect him and LeBron, him and Giannis, him and whoever else mm -hmm. is in the combo to be best friends. But there's something that they all understand, and you follow in that as well. Mm -hmm. um, there's this running joke. Quarterbacks, there's never quarterbacks beef. There's 32 starting quarterbacks. They all shake hands after the game, and it's love because – only they know mm -hmm. what it's like to be the the guy in town who throws the football for the football team. Mm -hmm. And so I would imagine, I would assume, there has to be a lot of the commonality for you and him when you guys got so tight. Yeah, I'll, I'll compare it to this. The the quarterback touched the ball first every time. Yes. It's the most He's watched the center position. of the frame. The center on the of the shot. frame. It's people there to protect him. It's, it's like that being um, – it's like that being a quarterback in your family. Yep. There are decisions that you're going to understand and there are going to be plays that you're going to have to run that are, you know what I yeah, mean? It's broken down for, and I got to go. <laughs> they may be for you and they may be for others. And that's, that's part of being part, that's part of being uh, a team, you know, but when you're the centralized focus, you take limited success, but then you take a bulk of the failure. Yes. So, your success doesn't even, you know, sometimes success for me doesn't even feel like true success and enjoy and, and enjoyment because I'm thinking about like, how can I climb even higher? Mm -hmm. But when the failure hits, man, it feels like doomsday is going on 24 seven. Like people emotionalize that position as if they are in that yeah. same, you know, and, and they're, they're the quarterback now. And it's so, it's so easier for so much easier for people to critique that role when you're the centralized focus you can just you know you know like hey if you do this if you do that but as you said there's only a few people that can truly understand how the mind and the body and the spirit works when you're in that mm -hmm. position and all eyes on you you know it's a ton of pressure i mean i think you know on a smaller scale as visible as i've become and had head of a household it's like yeah i this might be a 30s thing because I feel like in my 30s, I start climbing these mountains, and I, I'm like, yo, this is fire. And then I get to the mountain, and I'm like, there's another mountain right there. Yeah. And I know I can climb that one. <laughs> and this one ain't even that cool now that I'm here. And yeah. so, yeah, you, you kind of – sometimes you got to appreciate the, the good in that. So, yeah, but, that's, but that is a, a big But it's reason. also what drives you to get to yes. the next mountain. Yes. You, know? you wouldn't be Kyrie if you – could get to that mountain and be like, this is it. This is cool. This is all I wanted. I hit the game winner in game seven. I'm the coldest. Mm -hmm. I'm done. Could have retired after 2016 and been like, you know what? 
this is the best that you guys are going to see. This is the best that you're going to get. But no, I, I, I went down to, you know, the bottom of the mountain and like, hey, let's let's do some more base camps. Let's let's go. Let's go climb another one. And and I tried it with different people. And that that's always been, um, I think, sometimes judging the wrong ways. You know, when I when I want to try new things or sometimes I'll speak ahead of myself is literally out of curiosity. And I've, I've learned to respect that and honor that that trait within me, that that curiosity is also what leads to some of the greatest mountaintops and, and also some of the biggest failures that happen um, in, in front of people. Right. Yeah. Because you got to be comfortable with both. And that's another reason that me and Kate have become so close was, you know, we've succeeded and failed over and over again and we we've been seen as the leaders and we've been seen as like great additions and we've been seen as certain type of people in in one type of community and different type of people in another and we we've had to battle that internally sometimes where you know it, it leads to uncertainty yeah you know like what, questioning yourself what, what am i doing here and if you're questioning your purpose of life after a basketball game or after someone talks shit or, or after somebody <laughs> says something that's like oh it, like pinched a nerve like that that's those are the points where i i'm like nah yeah. no, i'm not doing that i'm not questioning my purpose on this earth because i done lost the series to the boston celtics like come on bro like enjoy it you know what i mean i'm looking forward to the next mountaintop you guys climb you you want this sustained dominance i love that that's your goal i love like sustained team dominance i can't wait till you guys like win 60 games and have like not an easy season but Yo, I don't have to stress every night I go to Barclays. I can't wait for that. This is something I've been meaning to ask you since I've seen you. Should you have been NBA 75? There's the conspiracy theory <laughs> that you were and then weren't. Yeah. Should you be on that list? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't even I don't even want to disrespect all those that are on it at all. Mm-hmm. Like I really admire a lot of the talent that has come through our league um that has really set cornerstones and, and foundational uh shall i say pathways for people to follow right or or to achieve better to want to achieve better so I, I can't sit here and, and debate you know whether or not i was or i wasn't i can only tell you how i feel and, and absolutely i feel like i deserve to be on that top 75 list um and, and simply because I'm I'm part of the revolution of this game, and that's what drives me uh, as well as to continue to spark the next brain that's going to be part of the 0.03% mm. of billions of people. So it's not going to be for everybody. Um, you know, obviously the the open conspiracy commentary is is fun to the banter's back and forth is hey, fun you don't have to right? comment on it i won't walk no no no, no, no i'm just saying i'm just saying i believe it, it yeah, yeah it's like I believe it, it, it just goes back and forth but i myself i represent so much more than just the nba top 75 so it, it was just one of those things like okay maybe the top 100 maybe my name's on there and, and we just keep moving but I can tell my son a lot of these things that I've been through. Yeah. You know, I, I can share this with my daughter in, in a perspective that helps her understand that you're not going to always receive things that you feel like you deserve. But when you're in a business, the gloves are off sometimes, bro. There's no there's no right, wrong. You know what I mean? So we, right. I can sit here and debate all day, but I feel like I deserve to be on the top 75. And anybody that you put in front of me on that historical list I'm feeling like 
if we go against each other, I'm getting the best out of them and they're getting the best out of me. And that's what the game truly is about. It's bringing the best out of your your competitor, your competition. That That's what it's about. That's always what I've chased in this league is playing against the best, being a hunter, being a target, you know what I mean, for others. And that's where I am. I'm 30 years old. I'm at the middle of my career. And the top 75 comes out and I could have been like, oh, you know, F that and, and been and like, and people asked me and I was like, look, I'm used to this since I was <laughs> in seventh grade, since I was called a weirdo and I sat by at the cafeteria by myself. Like I, I don't mind it. You know what I mean? Because eventually along the way, guess who I'm going to find my authentic community that really accepts me mm. for my greatness if that's not it, you know what I mean? And I mean, I'm in the top 125 years, whatever the case may be, great. But as of right now, let's let's just see where we end up in the next, you know, five to ten years. I don't want to pick any names out the hat, but, yeah, I definitely <laughs> saw some names and said, come on now. Come on. What are, what are we doing here? But I think yeah. you're in the middle of your career. Um, the way I kind of look at the sport is like, yo, if we do a book of the NBA – um, some guys are getting chapters. Some guys are getting pages, sentences. You've got some pretty long paragraphs in that. You got some like you might not be chapter word just yet. You know, I'm fine with that. But there's there's a lot to be said about you in this book, and uh, yeah. definitely had you on my list. No, so. I appreciate it. I uh -oh. appreciate it. Every every single year, I don't try to make uh, like controversial history, but I think over my last. Uh, five year span. I've I've probably made um like some you know yeah. I I played a part in it. I apologize. I played a part in it last year asking you about final shots and all I, that. Hey, it's sh shout out to LeBron. You know <laughs> what I mean? He he you know he felt like I was sliding him, and and I I would never slight him in a way that you know, would, would probably make him go and have to respond to things like that. You know what I mean? I respect the, the hell out of him. And, yeah. You know, we, we've been through our own battles as teammates, as competitors together. So, like, that that's all part of it, bro. It, it's all fun, you know. But when, when you got to, like, when you got to go, go and communicate through alternative channels, that only makes things worse. Yeah. You feel me? You know what I mean? Like, that, that's, shit, that's like water under the bridge in, in terms of, um, you know, how people perceive what's being said and then how I actually meant it. You know what I mean? First, which, which made plenty of sense sitting there talking to you made plenty of sense. I get it. You pick, you pick it all. You pick it out. They do the same thing with the coaching thing. I get it. Um, but this is like a three hour long convo we had. <laughs> and, and the only, only small excerpts, but that's what I've learned is I, I can't necessarily hold on to the commentary that's being said about, how I feel. Mm -hmm. I just got to honor how I feel and just make sure that I, I know I'm, I'm responsible for what I'm saying and, and just move forward, bro. Because I've held on to a lot. Like I, I'm not the person to go run to the camera or run to IG live and be like, you know what? This is what really, really happened. I'm just, <laughs> that's not in my, not I appreciate in my your IG lives though. You've given me some good meme content. That's Bro, I'm 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 happy about that, man. I love that. I, I just be telling people to be themselves, man. That's the that's that's the essence of it. You so, know? so what I tell people privately when they ask me about you and and like we, we finally flicked it up, but uh, it's like uh, I tell people all the time, the the Kyrie we see in public, that's also who I see in private. 
And I really, really respect that. No matter whether or not I agree with every single thing you say, mm-hmm. I generally do. Like, not just because you're here. We we have some similar viewpoints. Mm-hmm. But like uh, Sage, people look, I'm, I come, my grandma had me at powwows when I was a kid. She smudged every house. I was in my nanny, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it warmed my heart to see you on your birthday and you smudged the the place we were at. And I'm like, I love this. I love this. <laughs> I go to the Hurkai and I pop up and my guy at the register gives me a nice little bit of sage on the way out. So like people make these big deals at us, but I can genuinely say, I've said it in private, like, yeah, the guy we see unapologetically is also the guy that I've seen behind closed doors. And I really appreciate that about you. Thank you, brother. Um, Last one before we get out of here. Looking in the next season, Mm -hmm. what is... What is your mindset as you carry that? I think there are things that need to change. I don't want to ask you to <laughs> rearrange the team or whatever. Yeah. But what is your mindset as somebody who's – I told you afterwards the other night, you've won 16. You've won the 16 that you win. Mm-hmm. So you know it. Yep. You know the grind. What do you look towards next season, and do you feel like, you know, is the next step for you guys as a team? First first, first things first, we just – we got to take some time away to recalibrate reflect, refocus, you know, just just really channeling uh, our vision. And the reason why I say that is you, know, you just got to really take time to heal the mind, body, spirit. And, and that goes, uh, again, with what you say about sage and and that that is an important aspect for me for people to understand is smudging sage or Palo Santo or cleansing the air or, or making sure you're centering yourself before you really, really do what you gotta do. Yeah, yeah. I hope I hope we don't get you in trouble this time, but I don't think we did. Nah, it's not about trouble, bro. It's, it's always great trouble. talking to you, though. Thanks, and I brother. appreciate that and appreciate you doing this. Yes, sir.